uh, verse 24. He said to them, Take heed what you hear. With whatever measure you measure, it will be measured to you, and more will be given to you who hear. All right? If we respond to what we're given, we'll be given more. Whoever has, to him more will be given. And he who doesn't have, even that which he has will be taken away from him. He said, God's kingdom is as, is as if a man should cast a seed on the earth and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up and grow, though he doesn't know how. For the earth bears fruit, first the blade, and the ear, stages, stages, a little step here and a little step there, then the full grain in the ear. But when the fruit is ripe, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. When the truth has dawned on you, act on it. He said, how are we like in God's kingdom? Or with what parable? will we illustrate it. It's like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, though it is less than all of the seeds that are on the earth, yet when it is sown, grows up and becomes greater than all the earth, about great branches, so that the birds of the sky can lodge under its shadow. Mustard seed is very small. And in reality, it doesn't grow up to be a a, a, a large tree with, with uh, great branches. But the kingdom of God seems so small as a mustard seed. Right. The truth of God seems so small, so insignificant. But watch it grow. And once it starts to grow, lo and behold, you're seeing a mustard seed become a tree. Right. Because that's, that's how big the kingdom is. It becomes, it becomes greater than, than any other. It says, becomes greater than all the herbs, puts out its great, great branches so that the birds of the sky can lodge under its shadow. That's how powerful the kingdom of God is, the truth of God. So don't forsake the truth. Don't ignore the truth. It'll be there when you nurture it. It'll be there in all power and glory. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. <coughs> Without a parable, he didn't speak to them, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the multitude, they took him with them, even as he was in the boat. Other small boats were also with him. A big wind storm arose and the waves beat into the boat so much that the boat was already filled. He himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and told him, Teacher, don't you care that we are dying? Here we've got a mighty storm and the Lord is fast asleep. They'd have been very tired. He awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? How is it that you have no faith? They were greatly afraid and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? They were afraid of the storm and they were even more afraid when they had this person 
do what he did. How strange. How unusual. What are we dealing with here? Who then is this? The wind and the sea obey him? Wow. And we so easily get troubled. We so easily get worried. We so easily get shaken in, in our various circumstances that are far less than this storm. And that's because we don't have faith. Faith in God who is sovereign, who rules, who rules over everything. Everything. And I mean everything. He's in charge. He's in full control. Amen. We don't like the consequences of sin, but we have to reap what we sow. God has set it up that way. Does that mean there's no hope? No. Stop sinning, turn to him, believe him, and he'll take care of things. He'll start to turn things around. It may not be as fast as you'd like, but he will turn things around. He will not turn anyone away that has repented of their sins, that has stopped breaking his laws, that has stopped serving themselves, doing their own thing. He will not turn anyone away that cries out to him, that calls on his name. That's the promise of the scriptures. It's, it's, it's the description of his nature in the Bible. That's the way he is. But don't tempt him. Don't push it. There can come a time if you've been calling on the Lord or he has been calling on you. He's been, rather, that's what I should be saying here. He's calling on you to repent, repent, repent. And you've continued to, to ignore him, disobey him. There can come a time when he said, okay, I'm not calling on, on you to repent anymore. I'm done with you. That's when you need to really be afraid. We're, we hate correction. We hate the rod. We hate the, the whip, the scourge that he takes to his children that he loves. What we ought to hate more is the day when he decides he's, he's done, he's not going to try to correct you anymore. That, that's, that's the tragedy there. That's, that's the thing you ought to be afraid of, is that he leaves you to your own whims and fancies and pleasures. As long as he's, as long as he hasn't decided to cast you off, you've got hope, and you need to take advantage of it. Don't test him. Don't push it. Turn to him. 